Welcome back to Own Your Intuition. If you're new here, I'm Kelly Rich. I'm your host and I'm coming off of a birthday, end of summer, resting and a little bit of creating whirlwind and I'm starting to find a little bit of a routine once again, especially here on the show. This has easily become my favorite way to share with you and I'm I'm honored to know that you're here and that you're tuning in. I would love to know how the podcast is landing or has been landing with you. And if you have any specific topic requests or if you have questions you want to see addressed, please DM me on Instagram at Kelly Rich Intuitive for a chance to be featured here on the show. A couple of months ago, I took a workshop with today's guest, Louisa Irele, and I knew I needed to talk to her outside of the group session, see if she would be interested in sharing her wisdom and tips with you all in this Own Your Intuition community. If you've been following my journey on the podcast, you've likely heard me talk about Bug Light Yoga in its fifth season, which is amazing and so exciting and never thought that I would, one, still be teaching this long out there, and two, that my business would grow into what it is today. But something I usually only share with my close friends, maybe some family, and definitely my fiance, is that most often I am surrounded by mostly white people in these classes that I'm teaching. But what I've also noticed is that it's not just my own classes, but the places I've studied, the classes I've taken, the workshops, events, retreats I've gone to. And over time, you know, I've really started to wonder if I was doing something wrong or if there was something that I wasn't doing. Maybe I wasn't going to the right places and I started to fall into this duality trap of of right versus wrong. And again, if you listen to the show, you know that I talk about duality. If you've had a session with me, maybe we've talked about duality. If you've done the men, you know, I talk about duality and right versus wrong a lot. And that doesn't mean that I have it all figured out and that I'm perfect and that I don't fall into the duality traps myself means that I am doing this work with you because I'm still human. And a lot of the questions that I had also aligned with this idea of creating safe spaces for all. And today we talk about if that's even possible, if creating safe spaces for all even is a thing, if the doormats outside your door or your business say, welcome to all is actually even truth. And after many years as a community organizer, Louisa now spends her time editing educational books. She teaches yoga, fitness, and empowerment self-defense. Today, she'll be sharing some of her kind-hearted wisdom with us and answering a few of my questions I know many of you likely have had at some point, especially if you are in the wellness world at all. I invite you to listen with an open heart and as always, as always, take all this as a suggestion. You know, this doesn't mean that it's truth just because we're talking about it. It doesn't mean that it's something you need to go out and do and and change today. I don't really feel like that's possible. And maybe you think it is, and that's up to you too. You know, like take it as a suggestion, take everything with a grain of salt. And if you learn something or if you have an aha moment, or even if you're triggered by something that you hear, please consider supporting Own Your Intuition by sharing the show with your community and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. So honored that you're here and uh, take a deep breath. Let's go. 
advice to white people in the wellness world kind of sounds contradictory because (laughs) you have to do sort of two things at once. So the first one is you have to let go of this idea that your space is for everyone Mm. because it's not. And that on the one hand, I think some people get really defensive about that and they're like, but I want my space to be for everyone. But on the other hand, nothing is for everyone, right? Like I can make a delicious meal, but not everybody's going to love it. So you just have to remember that your space is never going to be for everyone. That being said, if you want to make sure that it's not actively excluding people, you sort of have to take it upon yourself to be in conversation with communities that you might not otherwise find. So you're going to have to put yourself in a place of discomfort. You're going to have to do some learning. You're going to have to do some self-reflection on your own. You're going to have to go to a part of town maybe that you're not used to going to and understanding what the sort of like customs, how people relate to people, how people decorate their spaces in those areas and notice things that might be happening in those areas that you're doing the opposite of or you're not welcoming in your space. So on, so on one hand, you know, you have to actively change your space to make it less exclusive. But then on the other hand, recognize that it's never really going to be fully inclusive. And part of that is going to be because um, like someone who experiences trauma from, from people who look a certain way is going to have a harder time trusting someone who comes from that group, right? So it even for some people, like no matter what you do, I may never trust you fully. And so it's just with so many options for wellness spaces to be in, I'm not going to pick the space where I'm going to be mildly to significantly on edge. I'm going to pick the space where I can feel the most comfortable. So you have to let go of this idea sometimes that you're going to be able to be what everybody needs. Cause sometimes there are things about you that just aren't going to sit with other people. What a lesson, because I feel like that can be used on every platform, not just in the wellness world. I feel like as a human being, you know, and I've said this before, we're not for everyone. Like as a human being, we're not for everyone. So why would our work be for everyone? Why would the wellness spaces be for everyone? Or I feel like I'm like, oh, this is what I should be doing. You know, judging myself in all of this of like, oh, I should be making sure my outdoor yoga classes are completely welcome and open to all. When in reality, you're just saying, well, first of all, let's understand, Kelly, that that's not ever going to happen. But then how can I actively engage in creating that safe space still? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And thinking about like ways that what you're doing may be the opposite of what makes someone comfortable, right? So like you don't necessarily need to do the thing that makes someone feel 100% comfortable, but if what you're doing is the opposite of what they need, maybe you can like rein it in a little bit to make them feel less uncomfortable in your space. Yeah, I believe you shared something in the workshop on how to energetically open space is to roll down a mat that you don't use or that no one uses to energetically and like intentionally hold that that sacredness of like this space right here and it gives me chills this is representing the people that may not feel welcomed here and kind of like opening the energetic door and I I really carried that in my heart yeah it's a nice way to like have that presence be felt in the room like everybody else in the room 
whether they, whether you explain the purpose of that mat or not, everybody else in the space knows that that mat is there and they see an empty mat and they may wonder why that mat is empty. So it just brings that energy. It just brings that energetic awareness into the space. And I, and I also think we have like, I mean, I know that I have this experience when I talk to people and they're like, I'd love to come to your class. And I'm like, oh, there's always a mat there for you. Mm. And we say this, like, (laughs) you know, we say it like, just like in this way, but in my classes, there's literally always a mat there for that person. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're not just saying it like, oh, you're welcomed. And then when someone comes, you know, it's kind of like when, when you, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but like you get invited somewhere and then if you ever showed up and been like, oh, I actually don't feel welcomed here. <laughs> like, right, yeah, don't say yeah. that if I wasn't like, don't have an empty chair. If the chair, you know, isn't actually empty for me to come sit down. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like there are other ways, especially in a yoga class or even in an outdoor yoga class where there's lots of space to actively like to do something. Cause I feel like there's another thing that I've been hearing to like two completely different things regarding offering free spaces to black people or people of color in general. Um, on one hand, people are like, yeah, you, you know, have like a handful of scholarships or have a handful of spaces that are free to welcome in them into the class and then on the other hand I'm hearing don't do that because that just means you're trying to fill something in within you or you're trying to look a certain way and they're very conflicting pieces of advice yeah yeah so here's where I speak for myself um because I think that different people are gonna give you a different answer Always. um but yeah <laughs> but one of them is that a lot of the isms in this country, in the United States, are so linked with money, right? So like power and money, we live in a capitalist society, so power and money are so intrinsically linked to each other that because of the systems of power we have in this country, money has been withheld from certain people, from certain identity populations. So for that reason, it's not, it's not like, I want to be clear that it's not like an inherent some people just like aren't able to earn as much money. It's, it's a systemic. Some people aren't able to earn as much money or they don't have as much money readily available to do like teacher trainings or even to take a single yoga class. So I am of the belief that one, that, that these offerings should be made available because also even if, and this is where it gets tricky. And I, recently was in a conversation with another black woman who was like, you're stealing opportunities or something. But where even if I can afford to take a class, if I go to a place and they say we have a scholarship for, for BIPOC women, for example, I would know that they're making, or I would would know they're at least making a, a very basal effort to make me feel welcome there So I'm more likely to go there, even if I can afford it, right? So I might ask them about their scholarship. Um, I probably wouldn't ask, wouldn't ask about a scholarship for like a class, but for like a teacher training where you're talking about thousands of dollars, I would probably ask them what scholarship do you have available and take advantage of it because my presence there represents something, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I personally think that these, that, offering discounts or free classes if it's within your means is a great way to 
be deliberate. I think that what happens that's tricky is when um, it's really heavily advertised. Um, I think that it sort of should be more of a like, like here's my description of my of my workshop or of my of my class, and then at the bottom like in, inquire about offerings for BIPOC or something you know like some way that it's not like I want everyone to know that I'm doing this it's like a like if you are interested in this let me know and then I can tell you the details of this so I think that sort of sits better with me personally than and it feels less like I want to show the world how good I am you know what I mean I I do I've heard conflicting things and I think it came up actually in the workshop where um, like the portion of proceeds thing, don't do that. Like just donate money. But at the same time, it's like, why, why not? That's a disservice to the generosity of the class and also the people that are coming that are paying that money so that that, is, that organization is able to be supported and the whole other piece of like inspiring others. So I feel like in my heart, it feels, it feels good. Like that's why I did it. Not to be like, hello, I'm doing something like I've been doing this every year. There's always been something, but now it's just all year rather than one class. So yeah. I'd love to hear your, your point of view. I can't, I remember that came up and I can't remember like what, I can't remember what I said even <laughs> about it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I think you like, I think you were like really short on time. Cause you, yeah. I don't even remember what you said, but you're like, ah, there's so much. Like we just got yeah. to kind of go. Yeah. <laughs> but I was reading I know, that yeah. box and I was like, oh man, I got to ask Louisa about this. I, so I know that I specifically am not a fan of people saying like, I will match up until mm. a certain amount of money or whatever. Right. Like I, cause, because let's say you say I'll match every donation up until a hundred dollars. So what you've already done is calculated that you can pay a hundred dollars. So at that point, like just pay a hundred dollars, just donate a hundred dollars. Right. So that is sort of one that I feel strongly about, but I do also feel like, especially for yoga classes are not the most profitable. You know what I mean? Like, let's all be honest here. Like, None of us are millionaires off of teaching classes. So like we're, you can't just donate all your money before you've made it. So you have to be like, in order to continue offering what you're offering, you have to get the return to make it continue to exist. So in that case, I think that in most cases like that, a portion of the, the profits, a portion of the class registration costs going to a cause, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's what I felt. I I just feel like I've been like this little pinball and I've allowed myself to come out of center through all of this. And I'm maybe some people listening to have felt that way of like, what should I do? Where should I go? I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. Oh, was it bad to donate money? Was it bad to talk about it? Should I not have? Should I? Instead of being so afraid to right, like that's, you know, make good trouble, right? So instead of being so afraid to caught to do something wrong like let, don't let that be paralyzing do what you need to do and then if you learn that that was the wrong thing repair and then don't do that again right you just you learn better so you do better are you someone who has been feeling a bit isolated or a lack of sense of community during these 2020 times Have you been craving connection with other spiritual seekers or have you been getting more and more curious about your own intuition and your own gifts? Well, I have something for you. 
on the harvest full moon of October 1st, I am leading an intimate weekly group mentorship where you will have the opportunity to dive into your intuition and your spiritual gifts. Yes, you have gifts. We all have gifts. Join me as we will meet for live calls that include journeys, talks, Q&As, and so much more. You'll have access to new moon ceremonies, weekly soul work, and a private mentorship session with me. This experience may be for you if you are ready to carve out some time each week to sit with your soul and flex your intuitive muscles. To find out more information and to register for one of the last spots, head to kellyrichintuitive.com. I would love to hear your opinion or advice on the topic of music in yoga classes. If you've ever been in a class, had an experience where you heard a song and you were like, no, like, please, this doesn't make me feel welcomed. What I feel in my heart is I need to play what feels real and true for me and what aligns with my heart and the class that I want to teach. And at the same time, also avoid causing harm. Yeah. So mine is probably because it's what I'm dealing with too, as I mean, I'm a a woman of color, but I'm a black woman doing a thing that's spiritual Indian practice. Right. So I know that I'm stepping into territory that's not traditionally mine. So I am very deliberate about that as well. But I, my personal rule that I use when I'm making my playlist is I have to honestly say that I listen to that music outside of that class. Right. So like I, love my playlist. I don't, I don't put songs in my playlist that I don't, I wouldn't actually listen to outside of that. Right. So for example, the harmonium is something that I just would never listen to. Like, let's be honest. I would (laughs) never, I'm never like waking up in the morning. Like, you know what I want to hear right now while I eat breakfast, the harmonium, like it it just doesn't cross my mind. So like, that's not going to be on any of my playlists. Mm. I, I also think like taking that to the next level we should make sure that if we're looking to put um, uh, sort of like twofold, if you're looking to put Indian music, right. Or traditional yoga music on your playlist, make sure that it is truly Indian. Like the musician is really Indian, not someone who just kind of created a Sanskrit name to seem more authentic. Make sure that it's like actually what you're trying to do, you know? And if you're putting Um, if you're noticing that all your playlists are just all white people all the time, then you're, you have some biases that you might want to address. That doesn't necessarily mean you should address them in your yoga playlist. You should probably address them outside of that in the music that you listen to on your own so that the music that you play in your classes is authentic to who you are and how you move through space. Damn. Yes. I'm so happy I asked you that question. (laughs) I'm just like inside, like doing this movement. Like, yes, yes, yes. I feel this so much. That's a good point that I honestly hadn't thought about because I don't, I haven't done that. Like just tried to find songs that make me look a certain way. Songs I know all the words to, or I know the beat, or I know I've danced and jammed to it before. And I think too, and this is again, a place where people disagree. I don't think a yoga class where you're teaching someone is a place for you to be working things out. (laughs) right like I think that you need to work that out to at least a certain level before you start putting it out there in front of people so like if you're working on looking through your books and your movies and your like the stores that you go to 
do that work first before you stand in front of people and present it as something that you are, you know what I mean? But I think we need to be honest about where we're being messy and where we are so messy and not pretend that we've like had, we're like the certain area of our life is Paul is like tied into this nice neat bow when we're standing in front of people, but really it's like a disaster. Like we need to bring that mess openly or work it out first. Yeah. And what, what's come up for me as you say that is, it's okay to do our work in silence until we can find the words that really portray what we've done. And I guess another way to say that is walking the talk before we just say, hey, look at the you know the book that I bought or look what I've done. I'm doing it. Hello, I'm an ally now. Instead yeah. of, no, I'm, I'm working on creating a, a new vibration for myself. Can you feel it? Right. It's very different. Yeah. Like read the book, do the work, and then talk <laughs> about the work that you did after you read the book, right? Like don't talk about the purchasing of the book. Yeah. I loved how you talked about knowing the land that you're on. And you mentioned like the Wabanaki land. And I've been really stewing in that question. Acknowledging, I believe you said I had it written down like land acknowledgement is honoring the indigenous land that you're on. Mm -hmm. And that feels really powerful. And I think too, especially in Maine, there is such a detachment. Like we're walking, we're driving through towns, you know, we're, we have these rivers and a lot of our land is, they're, they're native words, like they're Native American words that we're using, but not really understanding that they are that if that makes sense and we're so removed and I think a lot of other places I've been to it just it just seems more visible that there are non-white people who have lived there right like it just seems more visible and in Maine for some reason I'm not really I'm not a Maine historian so I'm not really sure like how it happened over time but it just seems really people in Maine seem really distanced from the indigenous history and the indigenous like presence that is living right now that's happening right now and the what's happening what's happening right now as we speak um it just kind of surprises me when people don't realize that that it's happening right on this land that we're living in yeah like know where you are and where this land comes from I feel like can just be one small shift to create that ripple of change because if you know that then maybe you'll talk about it with others is there anything else you want to share yeah I guess I would say just to anyone who I think the thing that that I want to stress is to not allow yourself to get paralyzed by that like I don't know 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 and pick one thing right? Start in one place and learn about that one thing. And then that'll probably bring more questions. And that's a good thing, right? Like you'll learn more things that you don't know, but that's because that's, I think that's a great thing, right? There's more opportunity for learning. There's more opportunity for growth. So pick just that one place to start and then start there. I think that's like my advice to anyone starting anything, right? Like pick one place to start and then start there. I like that feels like there's not a lot of pressure. Where can everyone find you? You have any like upcoming trainings or workshops or things you want to share? 
I do have upcoming trainings. My website is the place to find the most up-to-date information about me right now. LuisaIrele.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode of Own Your Intuition Conversations with Kelly Rich, don't forget to subscribe and write a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for being here and I'll be back next week for a whole new episode.